podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. into the word today we're going to be in Acts chapter 1 is where we're going to focus our attention and if you'll remember we've journeyed through the life and ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ here on earth and that's got us to this point where we're at now we've had a wonderful time celebrating Easter together you remember we've looked at the key moments of Jesus ministry Um, And we've enjoyed all that we've seen and that we've looked at. I pray that you've enjoyed it as well. Um, And we've seen all that what Jesus has accomplished on the cross for you and for me. We discovered that there was a bigger picture in play. And when you look through scripture, when you study the word, you see that God often has a much bigger picture in play. He had the redemption of humanity in view when he sent his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And you'll remember we looked at the verses, John 3, verse 16 and 17, that say, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but would have everlasting life. And then 17, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. So we saw then that God had a much bigger picture in play. So now we've seen that love has won. God has made a way for us to get back into a relationship with him that sin had separated us from. Now we have the opportunity then to come to Jesus to come to the foot of the cross for the opportunity to say sorry for the sin in our life and to thank our Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ, that he overcame sin and death and that we can have the opportunity at life in and through him. That's the power of the cross. That's what we've celebrated as we've looked through the Gospels together over these past months and now then we have this opportunity at this relationship with God and we'll understand as we put our faith and our trust in the Lord as we continue through the word we'll see that we're sealed with the promised Holy Spirit that as we ask Jesus into our hearts that we're sent the Holy Spirit as a deposit, as a guarantee of our inheritance to come, that we will see our Saviour face to face, that we have eternal life in and through the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to what Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13 and 14 say, and you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, You were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. The Bible's really clear that as we put our faith and our trust in Christ, that as we ask Jesus into our life and we say sorry for our sin, that it's a one time event, that if we do that, knowing that we're bringing our sin to the cross, that there's only God that can deal with our sin 
then we're sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. It's our guarantee. We'll never be separated from that. Nothing can separate us, as Paul says, from the love of the Lord. And therefore, we have this promise that one day we'll see our Saviour face to face. You see what I mean then when I say that love has won. We've seen it during this Easter time and we've celebrated it. We've looked and we've understood. And today we declare that love has indeed won. So this is amazing life-giving truth. God has given us life through the Lord Jesus. The disciples, though, as we came to the end of the Gospels and now as we roll into Acts, they were still a little hazy on all that was happening. They were a little unsure of what this plan was. In fact, they were surely wondering, and what my title is for today's message, they were surely wondering, what's next? Now, we know, as we've got the word, what's coming next, as we are, well, the truth is, part of it. We are the church. This is what's about to happen. The disciples, to this point, have no idea. Um, and, and Acts is just going to catch us up on the story so that we'll see where we're at. But they had no idea that this was what was about to happen. In fact, because of their haziness, I guess, and their um, they don't know what's coming, God had to give them, well, a bit of a bump start. Sometimes the car, when it's been sat for a long time, just needs a a little bit of a bump start in order for it to understand what needs to happen. Remember, the disciples have been through so much. All that's happened over the past weeks that Jesus was arrested. There was the unfair trial, their dispersion as they all ran, essentially, as Jesus was put on trial. And of course, Peter's denial. Jesus is then crucified. He's placed in a tomb. And three days later, he rises from the dead and they see him. They spend time with him after his resurrection. They eat with him. The truth is they've been through so much. And right at the beginning of the book of Acts, as I've already said, Luke explains these moments just in order to catch us up with where we're going to go. Read then, if we will, with me, Acts chapter 1, verse 1 through 8. It'll be up on the screen, God willing. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. I, I do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptised with water, but in a few days you will be baptised with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered round him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, 
It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be witness, my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And as always, we pray that the Lord would just bless the reading of his word today. So we get the recap. We've had a little look ourselves and we've now seen, as Luke records for us in Acts, that the recap is that there has been some amazing moments. Jesus' ministry, of course, here on earth. Then the moment of his death and his burial, but of course then the celebration of his resurrection. His appearances then over the next 40 days that followed. Um, and then if we look at, at verse 3, he spoke to them, the word says, about the kingdom of God. But now then, they're told to wait. They are told to wait. For what? Well, verse 8 gives us the insight. Verse 8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. He says, Wait. He tells them what is going to happen. But that would be hard to even comprehend, wouldn't it? In all that's just gone off, how could they possibly even begin to push forward like this without Jesus there with them, who they were used to following in and throughout the area that they knew around Galilee and that, that sort of area? That's what they knew to do. That, that, that's who they were. They followed Jesus day to day in and around their local area but they're told to wait just wait and I wanted to ask a question to you today and, and obviously to myself which is always the case whenever you uh, study the word and you, you look to prepare the word to share that, that you have to turn the question to yourself and the question is, how are we doing at waiting? How are we doing at waiting? It's been a long time, hasn't it? You know, the truth is that we have now celebrated two Easter's online. And it's not simple. It hasn't been simple. In fact, it's been far from it. It's been quite difficult. Now, if I think about the last... 14, 15, 16 months, we've probably had every emotion under the sun. And that's probably fair to say for all of us. And, and, and often, if you're very similar to me, those emotions can come every single hour from one to the next, to the next, to the next. It's difficult, isn't it? Waiting isn't easy. It's hard when you don't know what's next. In fact, it's, it's really tough when you don't know what's next. You don't know how it will look. You don't know when this thing might come about. And even when it does, what's it going to look like? Your mind naturally then wants to wander. 
It wants to play out different scenarios. And I'm sure you're the same as me in this, that it just is desperate to think about what could be, how it might look, what might happen. But honestly, we, we don't know, do we? Well, the disciples, you see, they, they do exactly the same as we see in verse six. It says, as Jesus tells them that they're going to have to wait, that they, uh, they gather around him and ask, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? They're like, OK, well, perhaps this is what's going to happen. And Jesus is like, you don't need to know what's going to happen at this point. You just need to wait. You need to trust and you need to wait. But but always we want to know we're, we're exactly the same as the disciples. We're eager. We're expectant in anticipation. We just want to know, don't we? But at this time, as we've been told for a long time now, we have to wait. They, the disciples then, had no idea what was about to happen. They couldn't know, could they? You think about it, as we've already um, just recalled the fact that they knew Galilee and the surrounding areas. That's what they knew. Imagine then even beginning to comprehend that we as a church, Hope Church Gainsborough, would be part of this mission that, that was happening right here, that the disciples were party to at the very beginning that we then are part of that all the way over in Gainsborough. It is mind-blowing. They couldn't possibly imagine that that would be the case. They couldn't possibly comprehend that that could even happen. But they just have to be ready. That's the key. They just have to be ready. And in the waiting, there are things that they can do. The church at this time, um, in the early chapters, as you go through Acts, as the church begins, it goes from 120 in the first chapter all the way to um, untold multitudes in chapter five. Isn't that magnificent that in just four chapters, we've gone from 120 people to, to the beginning of the church to untold multitudes just a few chapters later. And think where we're at now, all those years later, as, as the gospel has been preached, as people have heard and have understood because of the faithfulness and, um, and the, the, the desire to carry out the mission that Jesus put in the hands of these disciples, that because of that, that we are here today, all the years later, and we have a, a lovely church in Gainsborough and there are so many other lovely churches up and down the land that are, are there because of all of what these people did in these early stages. But Jesus said to them, first, you must wait. You must wait. And I want to ask the question, what does waiting do? What does waiting do? And I've had time to process this. You're just getting the question now. While waiting, it builds faith. Because I have to trust that God has something bigger and better in motion. 
So we have to have faith. We have to understand then as as we um, go on, it builds trust. It builds resilience because I can't let the doubt creep in. I have to trust that God's got it. So therefore I go to the word and I see then that he has got it. It also builds passion and vigour because we're excited to get back to it. And that's a good place to be. We're excited to get back into what God's called us to do, who we are, our very DNA, our core is, I am a Christian. I want to spread the gospel. I want to share the good news about my saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's hard to do from your front room, isn't it? It's tough. But it builds excitement, though, at the prospect of what is to come. And also, I've discovered that it builds character because what we have to do is dig in. And even when we don't feel like looking into the word, we dig in. And even when it feels like I can't possibly sing a worship song, that I dig in and I worship. And when we sing, we realise that we should have just sung from the very beginning. We, we dig in because we're building character. All of these things happen in the waiting. And church, we've waited. And I pray that as we have waited, that we've waited in the word. I pray that we've waited in prayer. I pray that we've waited in song. I pray that we've waited with expectation that God is in control, that he's working and that his plan, not mine, not yours, but his plan is bigger, it is better and it's far more reaching than we could ever think or imagine. Our churches, on the most part, have moved to online services. We've crossed difficulties, hardships and boundaries that we never even dreamt that we'd think about crossing in order to keep sharing the gospel. We've learned so much, we've grown so much and we've gained so much. All of this has happened in the waiting. All of what we've just gone through has developed all of these things in us as his church. We have grown in the waiting. Don't think that the waiting wasn't worth it, that it isn't worth it. It will not look the same. God, though I have learned, does not do small plans. That is not how he works. He does not do small plans, only huge, momentous, life-changing, life-giving, salvation-based, immeasurably more plans. That's what he does. That church is what he does. He is able. He always has been. He always will be. So we, you and me, we wait. But let me tell you this, we wait with purpose. We wait with purpose. So let's be ready. Let's pray God make us ready. And church, we continue, we push forward and we wait with purpose that our God is a God of the immeasurably more. Let's pray. 
Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for your word, Father, for its encouragement. Father, the disciples were told that they needed to wait. But Father, in their waiting, they were growing. Father, they were building resilience and faith and trust that, Father, that you'd got it in hand. And Father, they had no idea what was about to happen. And Lord, we too are in that similar boat that we're not sure what the next stages are going to look like. But Father, what we do know is that you are in control and they are the things, that is the thing that we're going to cling to, Father. The things that we do know, that you, God, are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Father, that nothing is outside of your control. Nothing takes you by surprise. And Father God, that you are in the business of saving lives. Father, you're in the business of fetching people back from the very brinks of hell. You are in the business of redeeming souls. And we pray, Lord God, that you would encourage us, that you'd strengthen us, that you'd bless us. Father, in these moments that you would build us up, ready as Lord. Father, help us to wait with purpose for all that you've got planned for us. Bless us now, we pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.